It's the most wonderful time of the year for wrestling fans. It's G1 Climax time. But what is the G1? How does the G1 work? Who's in the G1? All of these questions and more will be answered by your Sherpas up the mountain of Japanese wrestling at WrestleZone Radio's own Ross W. Berman IV, Jonathan Jansen, and Mike Killam presenting a WrestleZone G1 preview. Welcome in WrestleZone.com to a G1 Climax preview. We are going to be doing a weekly podcast for the G1 Climax special. And of course, if we're doing a special podcast for a special show, we got to get two guys that know New Japan uh, in many different ways. One, Mike Killam uh, from WrestleZone.com. Mike, how are you gearing up for G1? Uh, I'm super excited uh, to get zero sleep. For the next four weeks. <laughs> what does your diet consist of? Uh, I'm not eating anything. I'm just going to drink straight cold brew coffee for four weeks. And uh, by the time the tournament ends, if I'm still alive, I will have proven myself as a true New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. Okay, That's so we're, we're already contemplating death. Uh, Ross Berman, what do you got? Uh, what is I, your routine? It's my general diet of just Red Bull and fast food. Usually I'll have a Red Bull at the start of like the G1 and then somewhere around 5 a.m. I'll go to McDonald's, get an egg McDonald's. Somewhere around 5 a.m. Well, it depends when intermission is, Mike. You know? to 40 minutes before 5 a.m. No, I can't go anytime before 5 a.m. because the right. McDonald's doesn't open and I don't have a car. Well, um, I, but I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm fueled up on McDonald's and Red Bull for this. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that I have work very early. So I get to go into work and record for get country shows. Like, I'm a country DJ, so I get to record for that while watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, this is going to be a very interesting few weeks. And I hope any of my audience for the country shows has no idea that I'm watching I, New Japan. I didn't realize how little we had in common until you just said that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I know. I'm very, yeah, it's very odd. I'm a sports radio host, a country DJ, and I also do it for a classic rock station and I'm going to be watching New Japan doing all of this. Oh my, I just want to hear you at one point to be like, all right, that was Blake Shelton. We've got a little bit of Taylor Swift coming up. We've got a little bit of uh, Kenny Omega. Tanahashi's doing great in the G1. All right, here's Miranda Lambert. That is definitely how it's going to go. You just named three more country stars than I could have. I don't know who half of those people are. Although, my dad at the 4th of July told me this uh, a couple weeks ago that he is a Taylor Swift fan, and I'm still processing that because I don't I don't know how to deal with my 50-year-old father telling me that hey, he man, is... Hey, man, blank spaces. Different. I mean, you can't go wrong with blank spaces. She changed really my can. life. Uh, <laughs> but, we're uh, here for you, Mike, in your, now that in we've your time of Taylor Swift confusion. Now that we've sufficiently turned off everyone listening Now to that show. everybody's not listening to the podcast, let's get into the actual show, yes. but hey, uh, Who wants to talk about jazz? Hmm. <laughs> I've been Jazzy, more of a Jazzy from the the May Young Classic because I've heard she's been doing phenomenal down in Orlando this week. Anyway, <laughs> everybody's been doing phenomenal. I, I'm trying to avoid all the spoilers in Orlando. It's been great. All I know is uh, four horsewomen stuff. But G1 yeah. climax. What? Right. When you guys are 
looking what what's just the first thing you look at i think when people it's a big tournament and sometimes it can maybe be overwhelming like when you first look at the schedule on wrestlezone.com it is weeks worth of stuff so how do you if you are a new japan pro wrestling fan or just getting into it for the first time how do you kind of look at it uh just initially quit your job first um that's step one uh because for the next four weeks uh you're gonna be awake uh between 2 30 and 5 30 in the morning and um there's just no way so you might as well quit your job before your boss fires you three weeks from now that's I, it's good advice pretty sound advice it's i can't lie i'm gonna be i i run an open mic so i'm i'm usually out until 2 a.m anyway so it just works where i'm coming home from work is usually a new japan show starts but if you're not in that position brace yourselves because you're going to have some mat because that like you said john there's going to be a lot of matches you see on the uh labyrinthian uh gigantic uh schedule that's going to make you go oh well you know maybe that one's missable and then you watch it and it ends up being <laughs> an absolute classic i mean this is the olympics of wrestling and so everyone is bringing not their a game but something their alpha game their omega game they're they're bringing hey, yeah hey We'll get to Omega, but uh, it's it's going to be intimidating. And so just know that any point that you jump in will be a good point. But the right. beginning and the end are always the sweetest, usually. I, was, I have some points. I have some as this, I think, will be my sixth G1. Um, and we are incredibly lucky because I don't know if you guys remember, but uh, back before New Japan World existed, you actually had to buy every single show of the G1 on individual pay-per-view through Ustream. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you were paying, I don't know, $20 or $25 a show, oh, or you wow. could buy the whole thing as a package, like a like a, a pass, season pass for like $200. Um, so wow. I am overjoyed to be paying $20 total for the, <laughs> for the G1 Classic this year, G1 Classic, G1 you in climax uh, i've been in may young classic mode all week but um i have some some like you said um it's a little complex it's a little intimidating if you're a first time viewer uh or you maybe watched a little bit of it or you watch the g1 specials and you're like okay what is going on how do i get into this um other than quit your job which you know if you want to be a super hardcore fan that might be the only way unless you're like me and you work online at night you don't actually have to be awake during the day um Number one, it is okay to miss a couple shows. Uh, we will have total live coverage for you. You can go check out the results on WrestleZone. Uh, go to work, do your job, um, maybe during your lunch break or something. Check out the results. I'm going to be listing, hey, this match was really good. Check this match out. If it wasn't worth watching, I will not talk about it. Uh, we're going to be doing weekly recaps uh, to tell you, hey, uh, maybe it's the weekend. You didn't have any time this week to watch G1 because you're a workaholic. That's fine. We got you covered. Here are the 10 matches you need to go back during the weekend and and catch up on. Uh, not everything is going to be like an, oh, my God, I have to see this live moment. Although for, for the hardcore like us, we will be doing that. Um, it, it's always worth it for me as a fan to see the progression of the characters day by day. But uh, it's okay. You know, don't feel guilty. You're not any less of a fan because you're a normal human being with a job that has to go to work. Um, but we will have you covered. We'll let you know what to catch up on. Um, my suggestion, if you want to watch it live, but you don't want to have no sleep, 
wake up about an hour and a half into the G1 starting. You can skip the undercard. prelims, skip the undercard. You'll wake up, intermission, make some food, get a cup of coffee, and then you can watch the four, the five tournament matches. And that should be fine. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the way I've kind of been doing things as well. But it, I, I have to agree with you that you don't have to watch every single second of these tournaments. To me, if, if I can compare it to a few things, uh, I like tennis, and I don't watch every single second of Wimbledon that just happened. I was able to still look at the scores and see what was happening, and then when I woke up, I finally was able to see uh, some of the matches throughout the day. But I didn't have to watch every single second, and I still, I'm a still big tennis fan, and I still knew what was going on it's the same thing here when i first started watching new japan i think i was in the middle it was in the middle of the g1 climax uh last year and i just kept seeing this was a great match this was great so i was like okay i want to get into it and it was fine as soon as i jumped into it it was really fine uh when you first jump into it don't i i think don't try and get into storylines and characters just watch it for the entertainment of the matches and then slowly but surely that stuff like character progression and storylines will catch on eventually because I feel like I am all kind of caught up a bit on what's going on. So I, that's kind of my thing. Don't be overwhelmed by it all. Just jump into it. Enjoy just kind of on the surface all of the matches. And the, the best thing I think of New Japan is just kind of a different atmosphere than what you would see in any kind of uh, wrestling show like WWE. Like if you're a WWE fan and you watch New Japan, it's completely different. And it's a, a little bit of like a mystery. And I found that very fascinating. So uh, yeah, my advice, just kind of jump into it and don't if, be worried about it. If you do want to catch up on the characters, like if you want to go in, I, I am working on a primer right now. It'll be That's up right. this weekend, uh, but it's not going to go crazy into detail. It's going to list a little bit about each of the 20 competitors. But um, if you really are like, I want to know who all these people are like me, I really can't get invested in someone if I, if I don't know who they are. Um, I did a, in January, I did a primer for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it was about 7,200 words long. So it's a, it's a beast. Um, but you can skip all of the stuff about Wrestle Kingdom and go to the second half where I do like detailed bios on everyone competing on the card. Um, you will have missed the last like seven months of stuff since Wrestle Kingdom, but that should at least give you a good idea of who 90% of the people in this tournament are with the exception of like Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. But everyone else, um, you know, if you're, if you're just looking to get into it and see what kind of the ongoing angles and stories, and then we just go catch up on some of our results and you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, if you have any questions, we will be here to answer them and you can always go on WrestleZone, leave questions or comment section, follow us on Twitter, hang out with us. We will we will guide you through this. It is not an easy transition, but we will make it happen. We're here to be your Sherpas. That's what we're trying to say. We're your Sherpas up the mountain of Japanese G1 Climax Wrestling. Hashtag WZG1 if you have any questions for either of us. Yeah, yes. and, and uh, I think we, we need to come up with a hashtag. I think we should have done this I, before. I just said but hashtag okay, hashtag WZG1. Okay. That is me. I was thinking Thank it in my head, but Ross said it out loud while I was thinking, and that is how this is going so far. But, yeah, I... I <laughs> I think my, my favorite thing was reading Mike's kind of description of the wrestlers last year because I got into it, and uh, you're right. I still wanted to know kind of 
little things that was sure. going on because I there is a little bit of confusion. Um, so yeah, that that's a great thing to do for people right. if they want to uh, kind of just get a basic level sure. of what's going on uh, and but, wikipedia is going to be your friends yes. i mean there's only so much if you want to go in depth on pretty much all these guys uh you can go to the g1 wikipedia page it'll show you all 20 of the competitors you can just click on their page and just read through every single one of these guys but um we will be we will be around but uh let's back up because i feel like we got ahead of each other ourselves um talk about actual like what is the g1 I was just about to ask. Uh, And I think the G1, I guess if you want to go over kind of the basic rules first, we'll go through that. Um, Sure. So what's that? uh, Were you pitching to me? Yeah. 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 You're the WrestleZone expert. You're the one that's writing the primer Uh, on on this bad boy. So I have to actually. (laughs) Mike's like pass. I I hate to tell you this, Mike, but you're the expert here. (laughs) And so therefore, let's start with the let's start with the structure. We've got a round robin structure. Right. Yeah. So the G1 is a round robin tournament. If you're not familiar with round robin tournaments in sports, uh, basically what they do is there's 20 wrestlers. Uh, the tournament has evolved. There was at one point as little as eight people. Uh, and at one point as much as I think there was 22 um Six or seven years ago, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, it was still in that year where I think like Carl Anderson and Sean Benjamin were around. So there's like 22. Anyways, this year there's 20 people. Uh, what they do is they divide them in half. So you got 10 people in the A block, 10 people in the B block. They try and split the stars up a little bit, so you're not going to have like, you know, 15 of the top stars in one block and then no one you care about in the other block. Um, so for instance, you've got like Tanahashi and Naito in the A block. You've got Okada and Omega in the B block. So there's every show will be worth watching. Um, and what they do is everyone in each block will fight each other. So uh, night one, you're going to see the A block matches, five tournament matches in the A block. Night two, you're going to see five tournament matches in the B block. And that will continue on until everyone in the blocks has fought each other. Uh, you get two points for a win, one point for a time limit draw. I want to say the time limit draws are 30 minutes until the finals at which their point you have to have a winner. Um, and zero points for a loss and at the end of 18 weeks the person with the most points from each block will advance to the finals the winner of the finals becomes the g1 climax winner and they receive a usually a number one contendership to the wrestle wrestle kingdom main event heavyweight championship fight that's a confusing point because people all often ask like well why is the champion involved if there's a number one contender like is it money in the bank like no it's so for the last like couple of years the winner has not only won the g1 which is in itself more prestigious than any title opportunity you could have um, just because of the grueling nature of like hey you just outlasted literally every top wrestler in the world right now um and uh, but, but the last, like, I want to say four or five years, the winner has gotten a briefcase that gives them a title match in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, which is New Japan's version of WrestleMania. It takes place on January 4th every single year. Um, this year should be massive because I want to say it's taking place on a weekend for the first time in a while. So um, Ooh, it should be, should be packed. Tokyo um, Dome's going to be bumping. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the course that the champion wins, this has been rumored. 
Um, it's said that the champion would basically get to handpick his opponent for Wrestle Kingdom. But again, in the years that we've had this stipulation where the champion gets the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, the champion has not won. So um, we'll see. It's complicated, but it's, we'll you see. know. It's more it, okay. So I, I, I more about the honor and the glory. Of that's G1. I, I like that point the most. Kind of, it's it's more about that and the honor and not getting a championship shot because I think that's what I, I think if you're a WWE person like me, that's what you automatically assume. But uh, I think yeah, it's it's more if you go into this tournament knowing that it's about kind of the honor of you just outlasted all of these people and you won this huge right. tournament. I think that's more of what you should imagine be if King for. of the Ring was good and important and about. <laughs> six weeks longer than it needed to be <laughs> right okay yeah. yep i get it now i get you it's like the olympics yeah yeah basically so if if i had to ask you guys and i guess we can start with ross first if there's because i think a lot of people when they hear g1 climax they they think okay everybody talks about it but what what makes it special if you were to pitch to somebody what makes the g1 different from something else or everything else in wrestling or what makes it special what's kind of the first thing that pops in your head I think it's really that there is no bigger representation of the brass ring mentality because ultimately wrestling is and I've always I've always said it's it's theater, right? And this is the one the one event that I think the performers truly truly treat like the like I said like the Olympics like it is a supreme athletic showcase. Right. And because even New Japan now is in the the era of uh, Gido and Jado have or Ghetto and Jado have definitely embraced a, a stronger storytelling approach than uh, than previously. It used to be, you know, very pure sport driven, and now they're they're bringing some of the Memphis style into it. And so this is the one time of the year where. A match actually feels like the stakes have never been higher. You know, there is there is so much drama in simply the fact that, that just two two points can really make or break a performer. That everyone brings their A game. They really I hate to keep using that way to to say it, but that's that's what it is. It's the one time of year where I think people seem to be not motivated but beyond motivated because everyone's sure. always motivated in new especially in new japan they are they are extremely dedicated like you said honor driven athletes and this is this is what everyone works for and it just it just it just feels that way i don't know how to put it other than that it feels like a a big sport event i so if you're a wwe fan um and I'm a WWE fan, as I think most of us are. Um, it's it can get a little bit frustrating sometimes because it's a, wins and losses don't matter as much. It's more about the story being told, and you get a lot of people. If you don't like something, it's like, oh well, let's see how it plays out. Uh, tournaments don't really matter. Even the Royal Rumble, to some extent, which used to be sort of the end all be all of like, if you win the Royal Rumble, you are like a major star. Like only you know Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan and guys that. Um, you know, would go on to be the true legends of professional wrestling history in the West, won the Royal Rumble. And now we're kind of at a point where it's just kind of a storytelling device. Like it just sets up the main event at WrestleMania. And we've had some years where people aren't super hot on it for one reason or the other. And mostly Daniel Bryan 
let's blame Daniel Bryan. Um, but uh, in in Japan, the G1 matters. It's important. And it's, it's hard to get your head around that as a Western fan that's kind of trained to be story-driven and not uh, match-driven. But in Japan, wins and losses uh, matter. And in the G1 especially, um, you just go back in the history of it legends win the g1 back to the very first one in 1991 uh only two men in history have won the g1 and not become the iwgp heavyweight champion and again in the west becoming world champion once doesn't really matter that much because you can become a wwe champion and be forgotten um in japan there is not a single person in the history of the iwgp title that i would say wasn't a top star in the promotion mm-hmm. that won't be considered if they had a hall of fame would be in the hall of fame. And so that's the major difference I think is new Japan because they emphasize the sport because the match quality is always stellar. It matters and they don't tell their stories on the mic. They tell their stories by the drama of what happens in the ring. I think the best story of uh. Uh, the best example of how the G one can change a career because it's well known for for mid card stars becoming um, top stars because of the G one. Because you've got nine opportunities to prove yourself against the best wrestlers in the world, and if you go out there and you kick ass, you can go from being uh, some mid card star that wrestled in tag matches to becoming a, a big show headliner like that. Um, but yeah, and by the way, out of the two yeah. people that haven't become world champions since winning the G one, one of them is Kenny Omega. So yeah, that, that uh, but I would say Kenny is Kenny is the ultimate example of why you should care about the G1. Before last year's G1, Kenny was not a popular name in the West. He had a following with the hardcore wrestling fans that had seen his work, that knew he was kind of the star on the rise. But then he won the G1 and had now that five star match with Naito, went on to Wrestle Kingdom, had a six star match with Okada got pursued by the WWE and now is one of the biggest wrestling stars on the planet. Um, so he's in a hot topic. What yeah, more can you say? <laughs> right, exactly. So if there's a Cinderella story to be told about the true power of the G1 being more important than literally any other thing in professional wrestling in the year, I mean, that to me is the perfect story. You're talking about guys like Tanahashi, guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, um, guys like Masahiro Chono, um, Yuji Nagata in his prime, Ricky Choshu, Kaiji Mudu, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, uh, the WWE Hall of Famer, Ricky Choshu. I mean, you're, you're, this is not, you know, it's it's not like, oh, Jinder Mahal is the WWE champion. It's like, no, this is the greatest of the greatest of the wrestlers in, in the history of wrestling win the G1. Yeah, God, and I, I, I feel like it, what I was trying to say, you summed up so perfectly in just the fact that the G1 matters. That was what I was trying to say. And I did, like, there was just this block, I think, because I have to cover Raw every week that made me go, don't say it's because it matters, because, like, it's all supposed to matter, but in WWE, does it? Right. Does it really matter? And, and that's that just comes down to there's so much programming. Like it's hard to make anything matter when you've got the minute you're done with the title match, you're setting up the next title match for three weeks later. But, you, like, but there's there's so much programming, and yet we're we're about to talk about a what did you say eighteen week? However, however the hell long? Oh, there's this nineteen 18, shows in four weeks. Yeah, four weeks, nineteen shows. This is a lot of programming, and all of it not just matters, feels like it matters. You know what's insane it, is that it's. 
it's that much programming, but it's still, I did the math. It's still less than WWE puts on in a single month. Oh, God. <laughs> like, if you, wow. if you watch all of the G1 and then you watch all of the shows WWE puts out, including like 205 main event, Talking Smack, rest in peace, uh, and all the pay-per-views, <laughs> WWE in a month is still more programming than That's G1. an incredible stat. That really yeah, is. And, and I have to agree, it has something to do with programming, but also it's when WWE is so storyline heavy, when a storyline's not clicking, we don't care about the match. This, the, my favorite thing about the G1 Climax, it that it is sport. Like, it is more sport than it is entertainment in this aspect. And that's the, the simplest, easiest, and best way to me to tell a story. Because it's not the storyline in the sense of who's dating who in the, in the background or in the, you know, behind the scenes. It's more of, okay, who won this match? Who is he taking on next week? It's like the guys get made from wins. Like Tom Brady is a big sports figure now because he has five Super Bowls. Like it means something when he wins like the Super Bowl, and it means something when these guys win the G1 Climax. Automatically, they become such a bigger person because the win matters. And I love that well, it's it's all about competition than it is. And that's an easy way to tell stories to me is if you make it about wins and losses and competition. Sure. And not only not only that, but it's, um, it's not only who Tom – it's not only that Tom Brady has won five Super Bowls. The, the Super Bowls that Tom Brady won were against – amazing i mean he's beaten yeah. eli manning he's beaten donovan McNabb. he has he has beaten the best of the best to win this it's not let's just, put this in even further perspective though it's as if tom brady had won a super bowl if all 16 weeks of his of his regular season performances took place in the span of a month <laughs> yeah exactly that's there you go and then he won the super bowl Right. It's yeah. A, it's, it's just a marathon. It's a marathon mixed with a brutal gladiatorial combat. And that's not even and that's not even like that much of a stretch when you look at the physical toll these guys put on their body in the span of these 4 weeks. No, I, there are people that can run a marathon in the time it will right. probably take Kenny Omega and Kazuko right. Kata to have their match. There is a reason that the the G1 used to be like 6 days long. Uh, and now it's 4 weeks long because otherwise all these guys they used to wrestle like one or two tournament matches a day and by the end of it they were just dead there's injuries and careers getting shortened on like a weekly basis and they're like you know what if we expand this to 19 shows we give them some breathing room and we actually create an undercard uh so we can divide up the blocks and we don't kill our performers every year yeah that's also that's probably why they had that 22 person tournament one year you add one person to each block you got a buy night you got a night you don't have to wrestle yep yeah, and, and let's get into the blocks because uh, I, I think we I think we laid a great foundation of what the G one is, why it means so much, and why you should be paying attention, and why everybody. And if you have any more questions, it. I will be doing a Q and A, like frequently asked questions primer. It should be up tomorrow Sunday, um, depending on when this podcast goes up. But it'll be up before the G one starts, and even if it's up, you know, I'll be linking to it in all my coverage pages. So if you have any questions beyond what we've covered here, so you know, specific questions. Uh, about how the system works and and all that stuff, I'll I'll dig into that a little bit. Yeah, deeper. direct that to Mike, not me. <laughs> Maybe Ross yep. too, but not not me. <laughs> you can you can throw it to me. I'll probably be glib about it, but you can throw it to me. All Some I'm gonna do if you answer on Twitter that only like five people understand, but <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna do. If somebody tags me on Twitter and asks me a question, I'm just going to tag your 
uh, Twitter handle on it and nothing else. I'm not even going to. Ross, you are somehow more entertaining on Facebook than you are on Twitter, which is saying something. It's because I can't. I, I'm, a, I'm long-winded. I need, to, I need the paragraphs. Like every time I wake up, every day I wake up, I go on Facebook and there's something hilarious that you've said. I will say your Facebook is like a hybrid of like a Facebook and Twitter post. Like it's it's very revolutionary, I think, to me. When well, I, look at I actually I have posts. a warning on there that it's not friendship, it's entertainment on Facebook because no, there's no such thing as people being real on Facebook. Maybe it may be in the messages people are real, but everything else is just a reality show that we all get to write, <laughs> direct and edit. That's that's such a poignant. All right, and we're gonna move on from that. Too deep, no, too deep for me today. Social commentary. Let's it's why too deep for me today. Nope. No, that's, that's nope. Anyway. I just. Anyways, G one. G one. All right, let's go into certain blocks. I know every wrestler. If you look at it, they there's something going on with their character storyline. But if you had to say, if you were to say to somebody, all right, look at uh, at least somebody, one person in each block. If you were just to direct somebody, at least like pay attention to this guy if you want to, or this is going to be the most interesting. Name one person that you're the most interested in in each block. That's rough. I'm it is rough. It is. I, I can do, I got quick answers for both of these. Okay. Uh, a block, uh, Tetsuya Naito will probably win the block, if not the entire tournament. Uh, then B block, I would say the person to watch. While Kenny Omega has a a lot of proving to do, Kazuchika Okada has been on the rarest of rare kind of runs. He's one of the longest reigning champions in IWGP history, and I I would say pay attention to what his story is throughout all of uh, all of B Block. I am not as convinced, um, and because it, I appreciate your ability to have short answers because I've never been brief about anything in my life. Um, I don't know who's going to win this one's G1. I think it comes down to uh, if it's an A1, if it's an A block winner, it will be Tetsuya Naito. Um, if the A block w- uh, is going to crown the champion, Naito will advance to the finals. Um, I personally think it's more likely that the champion will come from the B block. Um, okay. Because you have, so for me, my my three picks to win it is it's Naito, Kenny Omega, or Okada. Um, and I have very valid reasons for all of them. And so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Because last year I was pretty sure that o- Omega was winning that tournament going into it. Um, and as it progressed, it, it was still nail-biting. Like at the end of it, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, holy crap, is this going to happen? Because Naito and Omega were having the best years of their career last year. Um, but... It, it does kind of feel like Naito's time in the sense that he just dropped the Intercontinental title, which could feel like a primer for getting set for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, they gave Omega the chance last year. Some might say that maybe it's too soon. You don't want to do another Okada Omega match at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, people might start getting sick of them. On the other hand, how, how could you be sick of those matches? Um, but I, uh, there's also the out the outlier of Hiroshi Tanahashi, who you can't ever count out, but he's in my like tier two. Like he might make it to the finals, but I don't think he's gonna win. Um, so Naito might win just because he's one of the most popular stars. They didn't give him the the G1 last year. Uh, he is basically if you don't go with Omega and you're trying to build the winner going on to Wrestle Kingdom a chance for the title, he's the only viable option right now. Mm. Um, but that being said, in the B block, you've got Omega. 
And if Omega were to beat Okada clean in the G1, he will have, like he's been saying, before he has another title match, he wants to prove that he can beat Okada. If he wins that match, their series then goes to 1-1-1 one, one, and one each. Um, and at that point sets up the rematch of Omega being the best that he's uh, he's ever been. Okada couldn't beat him in Dominion. Omega did beat him at in the finals of G1 in this hypothetical situation. Um, and that would set up the basically tiebreaker at Wrestle Kingdom between Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada, which would sort of bring this whole year-long feud into a nice little close with a ribbon on top. Um, and I think if there's any question over whether or not he's going to re-sign, although according to a lot of sources, he's been telling people he's going to be in it at least until the end of 2018, going into 2019. Um, but yeah, and then there's also Okada in the greatest IWGP ch- uh, title reign of all time right now. The only, the literal only thing he has left to do uh, besides breaking the all-time record, which he will do uh, now that he's beaten Cody Rhodes, uh probably there's almost no chance that the title's going to get dropped at like a minor show heading into wrestle kingdom um is when the g1 is champion he stated that his he want to do that for years um it would cement him as the greatest champion of all time uh and it would really be the last final thing he could possibly do in this title run before you said wow he did it all he beat literally everyone he beat every top star in new japan he cemented himself as the greatest champion of all time, and he won the G1 as champion, which has only happened two other times in history. So, um, three, two or three? I don't remember. He, he, here, let me let me explain. Sorry, like I said, I've never I've you, never been brief in my entire life. That's fine. fine. No, you just fine, sold me on me. Okada, though. You did good enough that you sold me on Okada winning this and just you, cementing his legacy even further. I want Okada to win, and that's yeah, not a popular no, really. opinion right now. I, I think he should. Can I can I give my my Naito explanation real yes, quick? Because yes, it's done plays very nicely into your your story that you pitched mike because i see the same i see naito taking a block i don't i don't know how it's anyone else unless it's coda but even then i it's got Coda would be my pick if kenny was gonna win yeah but it's, okay. i think it's got to be naito because here's why in b block you've got omega and okada three in a i believe a 30 minute match right they have to do a, a 30 minute correct I think the story will be Omega and Okada go a 30-minute draw, but this time, instead of the draw being in Okada's favor like it was last time, the draw will be in Omega's favor. It will send him to the finals because that one point will put him ahead of, you know, and win him the, the block. Sure. And then, obviously, it would make it seem like uh, Omega and Okada would have their match at... Uh, at Wrestle Kingdom, but there's only one. More, I think there's only one more Okada Omega match, right? Like, how do you, how do you have the, how do you tell the story in any more matches than just one more match? Because that's that's really it. I think Okada instead takes on Naito at Wrestle Kingdom simply because last year they had one of the best feuds of 2016, and I mean that's that's the year. Yeah, that's the year that he's he's beaten Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. Then he goes on to have that just barn burner with Naito. And I don't think that's done. I think there is so much more to explore between Naito and Okada, and especially LIJ versus Chaos, 
that I think they can hold off on Omega Okada 4, which will be at that point, until sometime in 2018 or even the next Wrestle Kingdom. Because frankly, once once Okada beats Naito and if Okada beats Omega, if Okada beats Omega, then he can truly say, I've done everything. Then he wins next year's G1. But I think this year's G1 has got to be about Naito. The man sells the most merchandise that New Japan has ever seen. Outside of Bullet Club's Hot Topic deal, the man is a, a money-making machine, and I think they should reward that with a Wrestle Kingdom main event. I see. I see what you're saying. And like I said, if if uh, if it is Naito, I think Naito wins it all. If Naito advances from the A block, I think he wins it all. Um, but I, I don't think... So, so New Japan, like WWE would probably never in these days do the same thing over and over again, um, although that is pretty much what they do. But, um, I was going to say, I cover Raw every week. You know that, right? <laughs> but I, <laughs> uh, God bless you, because I don't, and I wouldn't <laughs> ever. Not enough money in the world. Um, but I, I don't get the sense that this program is over. I think it is the hottest thing in Japan right now. It has transcended into the West, um, and I, I think... I think there is another, I think you're going to see, there's at least a very, very good chance we're going to see that Rock and Austin headlining WrestleMania two years in a row. We're going to see the Okada Tanahashi. Uh, I think this is the new Okada Tanahashi, except Okada has taken Tanahashi's place as the the leader of New Japan, and Omega is that next up-and-coming star. And I think you're going to see... Um, I don't think the story's over, and I don't think that a draw between them is necessarily the way to do that either. I think if you want to build interest in Omega uh, going on to Wrestle Kingdom, he has to beat Okada. You have to tie that up and show that Okada beat Omega, Omega beat Okada. They have a 60-minute. They did a Broadway match. They went 60 minutes. They're going to take this to the only place that can finally end this program. It is in the main event of the Tokyo Dome where it all started. I think that is New Japan's long-term booking. It makes more sense to me, uh, at least from what I've seen out of Gato in the last four or five years. Um, I think we saw the Tanahashi, I'm sorry, we saw the Naito Omega program last year uh, during the last title reign when Naito actually beat Okada for the title, but that was a different Okada. And Naito is such a character that you can put him anywhere on that card and it's going to sell second from the top. Uh, his match with Tanahashi last year was one of the best matches I've ever seen, uh, which actually makes Okada Omega that much more impressive. Um, but by I, that logic, I just by, don't. My gut doesn't. My gut does not tell me that Naito is winning the G1, and that's really all that I can say is that I, if it happens, I'll be excited. I think that'll be a great program. It'll be great for the Japanese audience. But I think looking ahead to New Japan trying to break into the West, and again, this is the argument last year. But going to 2018, they will be having more shows. I think that argument of Okada Omega, this is it. If Okada doesn't win, maybe he doesn't resign, and that's it. You know, he can't win the big one, so why is he there? And I think that to me is where the money is at. I think that is going to sell more tickets than Naito versus Omega. Uh, that's arguable, but I think I think that's just where the focus should be right now. And personally, I want to see that feud culminate in the biggest match possible not just end it in another draw i'm not ending the feud in a draw the feud ends sometime next year the feud just has gets a gets cooled down a little bit simply because we have two options either omega wins the g1 
and has to look invincible on his way to beating Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, which would mean there is no United States Championship defense at Wrestle Kingdom if Kenny Omega is, unless they, they make Omega wrestle in, you know, twice in one night, which I'm sure they would, but the way New Japan wrestlers work, I don't want to see him wrestle twice Omega, in one night. Omega will be defending that title on ROH shows later in the year, though, so that's... I, I get that, but I don't... What better I, way to build support for Wrestle Kingdom by having the guy that's going to challenge Okada defending the U.S. title all across the United States building hype for this match? That's fair. That's fair. I just... I I don't know. I don't... I, I, think, it, I think in my perspective, what I need to see, and I don't know how it they're going to make it work or how it's specifically going to be done, but I think I need to see Omega win that match against Okada. And to really build that hype up in the G1, yeah, to really build that hype up for Wrestle Kingdom. That's what that's going to happen. I really feel like, and it needs to be a decisive like win. To yeah, me. but I don't, I don't believe that Kenny Omega can beat Okada in 30 minutes. And maybe that's the whole point. I'm supposed to go into it, going, you know, I don't believe that Kenny Omega can beat Okada in 30 minutes. I think minutes that's the story I they've him. set up. Exactly. I think that's the story they've set up. Um, and Kenny will have Okada will have an out given how it is the literal last match of the B block. Um, it's taking place on night 18 yeah, uh, before the finals. That will be the final match you see is Kenny Omega versus Okada in a 30 minute time limit draw. So, I mean, to me, that is the story that they've been telling is, uh, Kenny couldn't get it done at Wrestle Kingdom. He collected himself, didn't win the new Japan cup came back and had that Broadway match. But the story of that match was that Okada couldn't beat Kenny either. Okada never kicked out of the one-wing angel. He just got his foot under the bottom rope by positioning. Um, and then I think this G1 is going to be like, well, I don't think Omega can win it in 30 minutes. But then when he does, because he's said in interviews, um, you know, people have asked him when he was in the United States during the G1 specials, you know, are you done with Okada? And he specifically said he doesn't want that title unless he can prove to himself that he can beat Okada. He doesn't want to go into it again and lose. And so I think that's where the story is, honestly, above anyone else. I don't think you put it on the back burner and you wait till next year and you let some time build up. I think while it's hot, while it's the single hottest program in wrestling today, you run with it and you finish the story back to back in 365 days. That's personally the way I would go with it. But beyond that, that's just what my gut says. I totally appreciate your thoughts. And if Naito does win, I will be excited nonetheless for that match. I just think there's more money on the table. If they're looking to do with Russell kingdom being um, on a better day this year, uh, if they're looking to break attendance records for the last, you know, basically since Tanahashi started bringing New Japan, ben, uh, New Japan back into relevance, I think that's what you have to go with. Well, I think that's the only match that can headline Wrestle Kingdom next year. Right, and the interesting part about the G1 Climax is Kenny Omega could win that last match, but it still could be Okada in the finals and winning the G1 Climax. Like it, Those right. both can still coexist. And it's I think possible, that's just the statistically. It's improbable given how they book, right. though. It's almost a certainty that that match... Uh, will like both guys will be tied, or one of them will need that win exclusively to move on? Yeah, that's, that's kind of usually I think how they book the last match of the B block is like mm-hmm. 
is whoever wins it goes on because there's like or if they do draw again uh i don't think either of them go on uh, like i know you were saying that okada could advance no, I, said, I said yeah i said omega, omega could advance draw. On a draw but i think it's more likely that that in that point uh someone else will go on um like an elgin type character like you saw goto advance last year i'd love to see like if the finals were the rematch between naito and elgin um and then having Naito go over, I think that would sort of be another option. Um, but honestly, if if it's if it's Naito going on, I think you see Naito Elgin. If it's Omega going on, I think the finals have to be Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega because that also is like if I'm telling that story. And again, like we said, New Japan stories don't happen on the mic; they happen in the ring. Um, that story of like Kenny Omega, he finally got his win over Okada, and his last. Thing he has to do is crush the hopes and dreams of his best friend in the entire world to go on to Wrestle Kingdom and that to me is like the greatest story you could possibly tell mm-hmm. and uh, you've segued kind of into what my next kind of uh, topic was going to be because I, I see two names because I, I know when everybody looks at this tournament we're going to look at Okada Omega and I think to a certain extent Naito and uh, Tanahashi as well but also I, I think I always like looking at underdogs as well, and there's two names that I'm really interested in um, that aren't sort of those top tier. One, sure. you already named Michael Elgin, because he had eight points, I think, two years ago, or his first G1, then his second one, he had 10, and it seems like that would be a great story of, well, he built his way up, he's uh, been sort of taken in by this new Japan crowd, and then he finally you know, wins the G, or at least goes to the final of That's, the G1. Is that the kind of thing you see with Michael Elgin, or where do you Elgin see that had, going uh, with him? 10 points last year, 8 points in 2015, yeah. and um, and that was his first one. So, um, yeah, Elgin to me is the kind of guy, he's not going to win. I don't think he's going to win. Um, mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem... Uh, like that's like Elgin headlining. Not that he isn't capable of it. Michael Elgin is one of my favorite performers anywhere in the world today. Uh, that guy puts on. There's no such thing as a held back Michael Elgin match. Yeah. That guy. I would I would agree with on, that. Yeah, crazy you know, performances. Can I, can I actually interrupt here? Because I'm staring at these. Oh, I'm staring true. at these. I'm staring at these blocks, and I'm thinking that there is a there's a, an idea that we haven't thought of yet. Okay. What would be the ultimate? Especially if we're tell- telling this 365-day story, what would be the ultimate revenge for Kenny Omega if he were to win the the finals? Who who would he have to beat to really nail it? To me, it's Ibushi, but no, Ishi. I was just about to say Ishi. Yeah, he he avenges his New Japan Cup loss. I know he's already gotten the win over Ishi. He had the they had that. A very good match, but I think for that to be the G1 final and for him to finally beat Ishii, and that's what gets him the match with Okada. I think, I I think we've been sleeping on Ishii a little bit now that I'm just looking at the blocks. Well, that was yeah, that was my second one too. It was uh, block B was Elgin and block A was Ishii, and because Ishii's had a very interesting year so far. I would say Very with the Cup I and then the U.S. I, I thought he was going to win the New Japan Cup simply because I want to see him and Okada someday. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me because Ishii is almost in the twilight of his career, but he has just in the last two to three years really found himself as like he was always good. But he is uh, if anyone if you if you were a global wrestling fan and you watched like pretty much all of the major promotions around the world, if Ishii isn't in your top 10 list of best wrestlers on the planet right now, I don't know what the hell you're watching. 
because that guy is so ridiculously talented. I just saw his match with Riddle last weekend, his match with uh, Okada in the finals of the G1 US tournament. Um, he's just so, so damn good. And I think we're if he doesn't wrestle a five-star match at some point in the G1, I will be shocked. Yeah. So you're right. I think we have been sleeping on, on Ishii a little bit. He is, I actually wrote down eight names. I've got my tier one. Like these are so two names for the A block, two names for the B block of like who is going to win this tournament, uh, or rather who's going to advance to the finals. So my tier one, I've got Naito and Ibushi from the, the A block, and Kenny and Okada from the B block. Those are my safe bets. If you were betting on this, who's going to make it to the finals? Wait, you say Ibushi? My, who? Yeah, make it to the finals, not winning the tournament. Okay, yeah, I, that was because that's an also an interesting one to me too I didn't really think I didn't wasn't expecting many wins from Ibushi I was expecting great matches of course but right. I didn't know if I was going to expect or I'm not going into this expecting much out of like the wins. only reason I would say that is because I remember Ibushi before he decided to to leave and become a part-timer which I don't know if you guys saw that press conference but Naito took a serious shot about how he was going to basically teach how he was going to prove that the the part-timer in the tournament didn't deserve to be there. Um, so that match is going to be super interesting when it happens. Uh, but but Ibushi was on track to becoming an absolute headliner. I mean, he wrestled Nakamura in the incredible Intercontinental title match before um, before Nakamura went to WWE. And uh, I think Wrestle Kingdom and, 9 was that Yeah, that was, that was the one Ibushi went over, too, for the, the Cruiserweight Classic. Because that's the yes. thing. He, he's had such a rogue year that I wouldn't yes. be surprised if they they give him a lot of losses just to make him prove that he still wants to be there. The you only know what I reason mean? I have him in advancing and it's not even about Abushi, It's because I, I believe in that story between him and Omega. I'm not advancing him based on, I think his positioning in Japan. Cause if that were the case. He wouldn't win any matches in this tournament. Yeah. Um, but I think if they want to put Omega over, I think Abushi to me is, is that person. That's why I have him in my, in my tier one. Uh, my, my tier two is um, from the A block, Ishii and Tanahashi. Um, I don't think Tanahashi is going to win, but he's a guy that I could very much see. Um, he's sort of in that, like, he just had that can I still hang with the main event guys match against Naito at Dominion. Uh, that title win was, like, a big deal for Tanahashi proving, like, because Naito beat him at Wrestle Kingdom, and that was supposed yep. to be Naito being, like, your career is over. You are no longer the ace of New Japan. I'm putting Go you out, out of your misery. Right. Go hang out with Taguchi. Right, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, Taguchi has had sort of a renaissance for his career this year as well, but uh, on, a, on a lesser front, but still yeah. nonetheless, he's been I mean, very hey, he had Tanahashi on his side. That's not necessarily That's a true. lesser front. Um, but I do, I think, I, I wouldn't be surprised is all I'm saying. If Tanahashi makes it to the finals, and then maybe uh, a, a Kenny or an Okada, that would be an interesting finals, Okada versus Tanahashi. Because remember, we haven't seen that match a single time during this title reign, except for their match in G1 last year. So if Okada finally wanted to become the champion uh, that, that won the G1 as champion, that yeah. would be a really interesting way to do it. That'd be the guy uh, to and- beat. And then Ishii, just because, like I said, you can't sleep on that guy. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's got to be sort of in your tier two prediction. So who makes it to the finals? Uh, Goto made it last year. So it might just end up being like maybe Naito and Ibushi like end up tying out or or whatever. And then Ishii advances um, just due to stats. Um, but then B block, my tier two is Elgin and Suzuki. Uh, Elgin, because I think he would make a really good finalist to lose and Suzuki just because again 
Um, it's freaking Minoru Suzuki. So I, I don't think he makes the finals, but he's got to be on my list just because he's Minoru Suzuki. Well, and honestly, if he makes the finals, he's he's great to put over Naito or even like right. a, or a Tanahashi. Um, yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on with that. Suzuki. Weirdly enough, even though Suzuki is one of the most like legitimate badasses on the planet, he doesn't tend to win big matches in New Japan. Well, he has, a, he has a terrible record of winning big matches in New Japan, actually. Well, he's he's in that he's in the twilight of his career, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the man's if not oh, 50, absolutely yeah. bordering on 50. And so he's really just he's there to make sure that whoever beats him looks like uh, yeah. the next shade of badass, which is why Shibata was such a loss because him and him and Shibata were like cut from the same cloth. Well, yeah, I, I kind of have to say I'm on the same page with, uh, with you, though, yeah. with in terms of Elgin being a, a nice loser, I guess, in the finals. There's just something about that guy that I think people love, even in a loss. Like you could make that guy in a G1 climax final. He and makes everyone if, look good when they beat him. He yeah, does. and he's, and in, in turn, kind of it looks like he's working his ass off, and everybody just for some reason like is so drawn to this guy. At least me, and then even the New Japan crowd seems to be pretty drawn to him. I think he well, would be can, a great one. To you follow. can tell. You can tell he loves to work for New Japan. Right. Like Elgin is. He is not. Uh, He's not giving away his shot to put it in Hamilton terms. New Japan, and, res- yeah, yeah. And Sorry, they respect, so, yeah, no, and so in a loss, it will even make him, it will make his Wrestle Kingdom match because I can't see a Wrestle Kingdom card without Michael Elgin on it. Sure. Uh, that much more important because he's he's really trying to make that name for himself uh, right. across across the pond. So to I speak. could see Tanahashi Elgin maybe for the uh, Intercontinental Title at Wrestle oh, wow. Kingdom. I could see that in a in a t- second from the top kind of match. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's so there are guys from the West that come to New Japan that don't really get over. But Elkin has been over since day one. And I think it's because New Japan and I've had I've had conversations about this with Big Mike. I was just at his uh, promotion, Glory Pro, down in St. Louis last week. Hang on, let me pick up these names one second. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was just name dropping. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, by the way, you're like that no, Glory I, Pro I, had a great card, by the way. You great. Lucky if, for going if to the um. I think Smart Mark video right now has the uh, the MP4, the video on demand, and the DVD. You can you can watch it online for less than ten dollars. I would absolutely recommend checking out that show. Uh, Naomichi Marafuji and Donovan Dijak had an incredible match. The crowd rushed the ring to beat on the side of the apron at the end for a near fall because it was that good. Uh, <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Michael Elgin had a match that was better than their New Japan match. Um, Byron Reed defended the Glory Pro title against, uh, sorry, the Crown of Glory Championship. Elgin's going to murder me if I keep (laughs) screwing that up. um, He's like, it's not the Glory Pro Championship. I'm like, what? Crown of Glory. It's the Crown of Glory. He defended the Crown of Glory against AR Fox in a match that you're like, you're assuming you're not going to be able to top Marifuji and Dijak second from the top, but they main evented and it was absolutely phenomenal. Myron Reed is a guy you should have on your radar. He's going to be big in a year or two. He's going to be one of those guys you see either at the Performance Center or in Ring of Honor or Evolve. He's going to be everywhere within the next couple of years. I said the same thing about Desmond Xavier last year, and now he's in Impact. So um, I'm, you know, not to brag, but <laughs> I'm fairly good at finding indie stars that you're going to hear about in a couple of years. Uh, and Myron Reed is one of those. And AR Fox is just a, a longtime journeyman. Great, great, great wrestler. Um, All right. Huge so, WWE mark. Anyway, yeah, yeah, anyway but, back um, to the. Anyway, Elgin, I think New Japan fans 
respect passion and they respect guys who can go and from from day one he had the the um the benefit they paired him with tanahashi um so what better way to get a guy over than the pairing him with the most popular guy in japan um and they just put on kick-ass performances and all this it's like war machine super popular in new japan because they love bigger western dudes that can just go in and mess your stuff up i'm trying not to swear because you're doing good you're you're doing good um (laughs) It's but New I Japan. Think, uh, it's, Elgin, it's a mature audience. Elgin is great, and I would absolutely not be surprised if he makes the finals to put over someone like Naito, uh, or, I mean, pretty much Naito is is it's the only option at that point. But, um, but I have a question for you guys. Actually, yeah. If, yeah. if we're if we're kind of done with the the major questions, we need to answer. Yeah. Um, is there is there uh, so one one of my favorite things about the G1 every year isn't necessarily who wins. Um, it does make major stars out of the people who win and the people who make the finals. But the one thing the G1 is known for, perhaps beyond anything else, is that it makes it is called the star maker for a reason. Um, everyone who goes into it, if you show up and you perform, you will get over in New Japan, and that's a hard thing to do sometimes with those fans. Uh, they're very picky. They're very choosy. But once they love you, they love you forever, which is sort of why um, why the Naito arc has been so fascinating to me um, because he wanted the love and affection of the fans for so long and he finally got it and now he doesn't give a shit. Um, and it's like my favorite, my favorite character <laughs> in wrestling. But uh, my question is, is there anyone sort of in the mid card that is good but hasn't really broken out that you would love to see have a stellar year this year and then be considered in 2018 as like a major star because last year we saw uh elgin had a little bit of that um i think yoshihashi had the absolute breakout star performance of last year like that crowd was so hot for him yeah and i gotta cut in and say that's when i first started watching and my first match i think all right i gotta check this out and the first match i saw i think was omega yoshihashi and immediately loved both of them. Immediately right. was a big fan. And I, even with Loose Explosion just pasted on his ass, I'm still a huge <laughs> Yoshihashi fan because of well, that one match. And it got is, me so into as, it. As someone with Crohn's disease, I must say, it's really refreshing to see that kind of representation <laughs> like Loose Explosion on Yoshihashi's ass. Uh, <laughs> the crazy thing, though, is before that, Yoshihashi was just kind of this mid-card guy that was just there. Never really been given many opportunities. Wasn't really that popular. Um, but that G1, like I remember him getting announced for the G1 and everyone went crazy and everyone on Twitter was like, what the hell is happening right now? Um, but it's, uh, he broke out and he just had that match with Suzuki. Like he's a huge baby face in Japan now. Like they love him because of his performance in G1 last year. So, so that's my thing is that if you're looking down the card now, it is mostly the same as it is last year. Uh, with a couple of additions, is there anyone that you would absolutely love to to break out as like, wow, this guy just put on match after match after match, and you go from looking at him as sort of like a tag team guy or a mid card guy to being like, this guy is a future star? Uh, easy answer for me, Juice Robinson. Sure. Good yeah. answer. I uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's gonna. Wrong, he's yeah. had a great year already, despite the fact that he's lost every title match that he's been in. He's still. Looks like a star, acts like a star, walks like a star, and I think as long as he brings that confidence into the G1, he's going to have a great year. What's interesting is this is his first G1. Last year, he was a young lion. Uh, for mm-hmm. those who are new to, new to the product, that is basically a developmental star. 
uh, a, a dojo performer that has graduated from the dojo. They work in undercard matches. They're not allowed to have gimmicks. They go out there with uh, with the black tights and the and the and the the boots, and they work basic matches and they learn the craft. Uh, and Juice, uh, I remember listening to his podcast with uh, with Col- it's either Cole Cabana or Steve Austin. I'm pretty sure it's Cole Cabana. <laughs> And uh, he didn't have to go to the dojo. They actually offered him a spot on the roster when he left NXT. Yeah, that was Cole Cabana. Said, I listened to that. It was yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. He said, no, I want to do this the right way. I want to be big in Japan because I've earned my spot in Japan. And uh, the, the crowd has really taken a liking to him since then. Uh, he made his breakout by being a young lion in last year's G1 and has since he wrestled that match with Cody at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, came out losing, but looked like a million bucks. Had that match for uh, the Intercontinental title with Naito. Lost, but looked incredible. Like a match. billion dollars in that match. I want to say he's had a, he's had a never title shot since then, didn't he? Yeah, and he looked great. He wrestled, uh, he wrestled uh, Goto, didn't he? Yeah, it was before his Intercontinental shot. He's that's been right. Fail- I honestly thought... He's been failing, but looking incredible. And that's the New Japan way, honestly, is you not- fail until you make it. In the underachieving Bart Simpson world I live in, we call it failing upwards. I've been doing yes. it my whole life. Uh, you and me both, brother. Well, <laughs> I also have to say with the Juice Robinson story, too... Taguchi Japan, I think, has something to do with that, too, right? Because it's such a fun team, and I think it's a perfect, like, fit for Juice Robinson. You know what I... It, it, yes, it's a, it's a good fit for Juice Robinson, but what has made Taguchi Japan is the fact that Tanahashi's in it, and he's not the captain. Think about if John Cena was a member of a faction yeah. and was like, you know what, Heath, Heath Slater, you're running this thing. <laughs> That's that kind of that's kind of what Taguchi, but it's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's what Taguchi, and because he has that faith in Taguchi, everyone else has that faith in Taguchi, and that and, faith is what has made Juice Robinson. I mean, he, Taguchi Japan got a win over Lij because Robinson pinned Naito. Right, a good coach, man, can take you far. And that's to you know Taguchi is uh, he, he's he's had his moments. He's a former Best of the Super Juniors winner, I believe. He's a former uh, Juniors champion. He. He was and Heath one- Slater has had a lot of tag title reigns. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but no, it's funny that you bring that up. I don't know that Taguchi Japan is just the reason that Robinson is over right now. I think he's kind of done that on his own. If he's but not Taguchi, Taguchi Japan, does he pin Naito? But Taguchi Japan, no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but Taguchi Japan, but that was like the start of Taguchi Japan was that match. Uh, yeah. If you think about it. Taguchi Japan, I thought going into it, just look at it. It's like a mismatch of like, oh god, Raya, Taguchi has a has a faction. This is the but, worst possible idea. They all look like misfits together. Before like, they had just a t- name, they were called guys who weren't in faction by me. Right, so exactly. Things like, team, was we anyone, don't have a faction. It was anyone who was a babyface on the roster that wasn't in another faction. So it was like, uh, and it's changed so much because there's so many different members of it now that it's like who, whoever's on the card that is a babyface that isn't in a faction right now uh, that isn't a young lion is basically into Ju- Taguchi Japan. Uh, we've seen like Tenzin be in it once and then never <laughs> do it again. Uh, but it's like uh, the primary guys are Taguchi, Tanahashi. I think you could count Elgin in there. He's been in enough. Uh, Juice Robinson, um, Kushida, and Ricochet. And man, I thought this was just going to be the worst thing. Like, who gave Taguchi this comedy <laughs> character who, in my book, before Taguchi Japan, was like, man, like Naito's, a, or not Naito, uh, Toriyano's a better comedy character, in my opinion. Like, Taguchi's just this goofball that steals Nakamura gimmicks, and it's like, I, I did not like. Hey, like, he's a funky weapon. 
I did not like Taguchi. I, I hated watching his matches. Um, but then Taguchi Japan came out, and man, those five-man tag matches, uh, sorry, those ten-man tag matches during the Best of the Super Juniors Tour were Ooh. in sometimes more entertaining than the actual Best of the Super Juniors Tournament. Absolutely. That was when I think they had David Finley join for a little yeah. bit. And like was... every match would like they'd like Finley would get the crap beat out of him by Lij. Those two teams have such good chemistry. Like the I... most faction on the roster and the most comedic faction on the roster, and they just put on these like incredible matches. And they just beat the crap out of Finley for like ten minutes, and then Ricochet would make these tags and then do these crazy moves and take all five of these guys out and then Tanahashi would come in and hit the high fly flow and Taguchi would hit people with his ass a couple dozen times. It's just like, it's absurd, but it's the most entertaining thing in new Japan right now. Absolutely. And you know, if we're talking about people that I want to see have a very good year and end up in next year's G1, Dave Finley is now at the point where he's too heavy to be a, a junior. He's at about 200 pounds by next year's G1. He'll probably be pretty, basically a heavyweight. Uh, I was, and I, I want to see what they can do with David Finley. Because I literally spent, until he showed up in Taguchi, Japan, or in the matches with War Machine, I spent all of the Super Juniors, like uh, a character on The Simpsons, like asking for Poochie, where's Dave Finley? I wish Dave Finley was here. He was all over Super Juniors uh, two years ago, and it was, or last year. It, it was, was a great. little sad because like, Juice has taken off, and I feel like Finley's been left behind a little bit. I um, know. Next they year. were the two young lions in the G1 last year, Finley and Juice Robinson, and they were both great. And everyone's like, they're both going to have breakout years. And Finley's been good. I think pairing him with War Machine is like the best thing for him, honestly. Um, yeah. He seems to be having a lot of fun with them. But I, I do want to see more from him. He's a fantastic worker. I think he's got a crazy amount of fire up. Um, he's got the crowd behind him. But I, we'll see. There, there's, there's not really using him as much as they are like juice i don't know that they see as much in him but we'll see we'll see yeah yeah i i do have to say when with the g1 climax like if you put finley in it even next year but just the the mid card guys that like you like with yoshihashi last year it makes you so much more invested in him like i now i i loved watching yoshihashi like i keep watching it because of just that first match and how much i loved it and how great i thought he was i think that's what makes a g1 climax really special too is that you can get guys over just from a match or two throughout the entire tournament without even necessarily winning that much or even being in the finals or anything yes it can make a superstar but it can also i think just get you so much more invested in right all of the other talents that are in new japan pro wrestling that's what i love it's about really you, awesome uh, new japan in general because if you remember uh Juice Robinson had that great match at Wrestle Kingdom with Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, it wasn't Naito Tanahashi or main event levels, but it was um, they showed some excellent charisma in a very short match, and I, I loved it. And then the next night at the the New Year Dash show was the night that he beat Tanahashi, and that one victory, just that one surprise, holy crap! He pinned Naito. Was it was sort of like the. Um, Damian Sandow winning Money in the Bank and wrestling John Cena moment, except <laughs> you know he lost. But um, it was sort of that uh, it, one win, one pin can just completely jumpstart an entire career, and they'll make you earn it. Like Juice has had two title shots this year and lost both of them. They will make you earn it, but no one looks at him the same way as they did a year ago. 
Absolutely. Uh, and that's what I love about New Japan. There is real progression, and it, beca- it comes at the sake of wins and losses that matter. Um, but at the same time, you can lose a match, come back the next night, have a, a four-star performance, and suddenly you are back on the radar. And that's yeah. – uh, the matches matter, and they reward those who work the best. So, See, I think that's, that's why – that's why Taguchi Japan works because it's structured like a baseball team, right? They do the baseball moves. Yeah, it's it's they take the baseball photo, and re- and especially during G one year, during the during G one season, it's like baseball because look, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I have been since I was Presents. a young man on my uh, on yep. my mother's knee, and I don't watch every Cubs game. Sure, I can't watch every Cubs game. To watch every Cubs game would be downright unhealthy, but I will watch all the highlights and I will watch the important ones. You know, when the Cardinals come to town, I'll watch that game. Right. It's like watching the G1 like like 200 days a year. Like you just can't <laughs> exactly. do it. That's, you know, you get the metaphor I'm trying to make here. You can lose a match and then say, you know what? He lost, but it was still a great match, which means he can have a great match tomorrow and he might win that great match. And it's just, it's, it is the sports-driven storytelling that wrestling is kind of built around, you know, yep. that people keep crying for. You know, yes, they're doing flips. Yes, they're doing uh, Death Valley drivers onto the ring apron. But the, it's still the wins and the losses that are telling the story. Yeah, and I, uh, I love that a lot about New Japan. Mm-hmm. So, John, you're you're relatively new to New Japan as a, as a product, correct? I am, and I'm afraid you're going to ask me a question, and hopefully I can give you a good answer. No, no. I, <laughs> I think it's awesome that we have this perspective, because I think, uh, Ross, how long have you been watching New Japan? Um, since, when did New Japan World launch? That was like Wrestle Kingdom 9, the 8, maybe? Whatever the last Okada Tanahashi match at Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom, Kingdom was. 9 had the... Uh, the world wasn't out yet because they did that on actual U.S. pay-per-view because Jeff Jarrett brought it over here. Um, that was the Jim Ross, Matt Stryker one. So okay. it was It was actually, it's only been out. We've only had Wrestle Kingdom 10 and 11 on New Japan World. Okay, then it was 10. It was 10 and then been I just... for two kind of, years, yeah. And then I just binged it. Okay, cool. Um, so we've yeah. got someone who's a couple of years into it. We've got... Uh, so you started watching the G1 last year, John? Yeah, so I'm about a year, close to a you're year. About a, yeah. you're, you're, you're coming out on your first year as a fan, Ross. You've got two or three years as a fan. And I, um, I've i been watching, like, dedicated, like, every week since Wrestle Kingdom 9. But I used to do the old Ustream, you know, when mm-hmm. matches would go up. I remember watching the, the, uh, the Suzuki-Tanahashi five-star match, and that was sort of my... My introduction, like, holy cow, I need to watch this more. Um, I, I I would say since since nine, I've been like a diehard weekly fan. Okay. Well, and now do you understand? Do you, do you now understand why we're calling years, you the expert? Four years before, yeah, but there are people who've been watching New Japan since the nineties, and and yeah, to be yeah. fair, I've gone back and watched all of the like when New Japan World came out. I binged watched like I watched every single Best of the Super Juniors that was there. I watched all the Wrestle the the G one. I've I've seen almost all the Wrestle Kingdoms. I need to finish that series, but. Um, uh, I I think for since maybe 2010 was when I first started getting into. I would go on UStream and search matches and and YouTube and just try and find content. So I wouldn't call myself an expert in terms that like <laughs> I've been watching it forever, but in terms of hours spent doing research, just for the sake of the columns I've written on WrestleZone, that's pretty <laughs> much where that experience comes in. <laughs> you know that that's good enough for me. Um, but uh, my question was, uh, John, as someone, I like the perspectives here because we have a lot of, we have some fans on WrestleZone that have been watching far longer than I have. Um, 
but we have a lot of new people. Uh, I've been working, and and you guys have been a part of that, to cultivate a New Japan audience on WrestleZone for the last few years. Uh, My covering G1 last year was a big part of the start of that um, and doing Wrestle Kingdom a couple years before that. But 2017 has been the first time where we've had full coverage of literally every New Japan show on WrestleZone. Um, And I'm super excited to do every night of the G1 this year. Um, But I love the, the wide variety of viewers that we have uh, a lot of people that just started watching with the G1 special or a lot of people that started watching because of Omega and Okada that saw the match and were like, Holy crap, I need to watch this. Uh, our wrestle kingdom coverage was the second highest thing we've done all wow. year. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was insane how many people watch that. And, um, I'd like to take credit for that, but I'm not going to, um, <laughs> uh, people hate me for being pretentious enough. That's, that's the go last ahead. Thing no, because do. you but, have uh, been on top of the, uh, new Japan. Coverage. But, uh, my, my question is, so as a person who's about a year into it, um, is there anyone in this tournament that you just want to see more of? Because you really haven't, like, you like them, but you're like, I need to see more of you, and I I really want to wrap my head around you and see you succeed more. Oh, man, that's a, uh, that's a good question. I think... Thanks. I don't know if... Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I, I got to say somebody that I, for some reason, have enjoyed but haven't really seen a lot is Goto, but I think we everybody has seen a lot of him already. Like, I know he's been around. Um, but I think one, if I had to say for sure, Evil would definitely be one. Because I have his entrance with the, the death thing. Good answer. It's, it's good. Uh, I just, I want to see more of it, though. I feel like it, when I first started watching, there was always that, okay, it's his time to break out, it's his time to break out. But I'm, I always feel like I'm not really seeing too much of him. And I feel like if... If he were to do that during the G1 Climax, I'd be sold. Like, I'm very close, and I've just wanted to see it. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I think the problem with Evil is? It's that his entrance looks self-funded. You know what I mean? I feel like he bought himself a light-up glove. He bought the scythe. He even bought the robe. Whereas, And it's supposed to be like an Undertaker entrance, you know? And the thing about the Undertaker is it's like the entire corporate structure has been thrown behind this entity. Uh, you got the lights, you got the smoke, you got everything, um, and so I think I think if if someday they throw more behind evil, he'll finally he'll finally break through that weird glass ceiling he's been in right now. I do think uh, it's a good answer. He's he's a very talented guy. I loved him in the New Japan Cup this year. Um, I loved him in the G1 last year. I felt like he came out and had. Uh, there's a reason I keep seeing people excited about evil matches because evil Elgin rematch is going to be great. Plus, you can put his name before anyone, and it just sounds like you're saying, like, yeah, evil <laughs> yeah. Okada. Um, <laughs> but evil versus Okada is going to be fantastic. Evil versus Omega is going to be great. I'm very excited to see the rematch between uh, – or I don't know if it's a rematch, but uh, what? I'm sorry. Just Even listening to you here, it's it's just – it's why his name is so perfect. Yes. I, it, I, I don't hear you talking about a wrestler. I hear you saying it's gonna be it's gonna be Sonata versus the concept of evil. It's gonna be Okada versus the concept of evil. It's gonna be Elgin again right. fighting evil for the second time. I can't wait to, for him to watch, watch him fight the concept of evil itself again. It's, he's such a good character and he's great. a great wrestler. He's a exactly powerhouse. Um, He's like right under that Elgin level as far as a performer goes, I think. Yeah. Um, 
if you, I think Elgin just gets the business a little bit more because he's been doing it longer. Um, but I don't know because he's not the one setting up all of his opponents to have a match that makes someone go, wait a minute, they're taking on Evil itself? I got to check that out. Because think about it. You, you've never heard of Evil. You didn't know. You're, you're a first-time New Japan uh, viewer, and you just happen to check in with the G1 special. Now you're watching the G1 Climax, and you see throughout this, oh, my God, they're going to actually be fighting Evil. What does that mean? And then you see the wrestler himself. He gives great performances. It's it's a, a, as good as Elgin is. I think Evil might have the total package right there. It's evil was a great answer, dude, because I if if you tell me you are not excited about watching Suzuki versus evil, <laughs> dude, I am so hyped. That is like the like the Yakuza Don boss taking on pure evil incarnate is like the greatest New Japan story I've ever seen. I remember someone trying to tell me that evil was the face in a match. And I was like, he, he can't be. His name is evil. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're being. I think they're being. I think they're being very direct with that too. Like he is evil, evil. (laughs) We're gonna name him that to make sure you know. Uh, Okay, so let's. uh, Yeah, that that was a really good question. I I appreciate that answer. Uh, Zack Saber Junior is another I'm looking forward to to seeing. I've seen a lot of Zack. Uh, he's a frequenter at AEW. I've seen him work pretty much everywhere, Um, but he's very new to New Japan. Um, so basically when guys come in, they, they kind of start fresh with new Japan and the audience. So this is his first G one. I'm very excited. I think Saber and Abushi are going to have a great match. I'm really excited to see what the heck he's going to try and do against bad luck. Fale. Like that's how do you, so much fun. Is, how that's, do you get that guy in an arm bar? Like, please that's tell literally, me. Like, that's literally David and Goliath. Is it okay that I, up. that I don't like bad luck. Fale. Is it okay that I don't like him? No. Because he's the one that I just can't, I've never gotten into. Not for a second. He is the underboss of the Bullet Club for a reason. He is the, uh, although like usually once a year the company is like, oh yeah, Bad Like Folly exists, better give him a title shot for some reason. Um, well, you have to do he's that. Good when at what they, he does. He is good keep, at what he does. When they keep switching out the boss and the underboss remains the same, you need to give him something. Because after all, they've had how many bosses in the time that he has been the quote-unquote underboss, and at no time did he think, hey, maybe I should be the boss. I'd like to be the boss. Can I be the boss? Uh, no, I'm the underboss. He's good in that enforcement role. He is. I thought his match with Okada was very good. It was uh, great. Yeah, it was good. It was. I thought It's a match, his, it's his a match with Okada. His story through the New Japan Cup was very good. Um, as far as big guys, no, he's not the most flashy guy. No, he's not the best worker. But Fale, I think, is one of the best big men in the world in terms of what he can do. Uh, he's not Braun Strowman, but uh, <laughs> Braun. he's, he's got the mind for it. He's also a trainer. He he has the mind for wrestling. And I think a lot of what you see out of Bullet Club is indirectly his baby. Okay. I think he's a very underrated presence in New Japan. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I don't think he's going to be that guy you look at at the end of the tournament going like, wow, he had all the best matches. But hopefully you leave. So so the thing about Fale is the same thing about like uh, King Kong Bundy back in the day. If you would see a, a guy going up against King Kong Bundy, like if he beat him, that was a big deal. Fale isn't like a former champion or like a huge name but just because he's so imposing, if Zack Sabre Jr. finds a way to beat him, he is immediately a bigger star than when he was before he went into that match. And that is the that is the benefit of bad luck Bale. Um, you cannot beat him and look weak. 
So that's that's what he's that's there for, point. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to carry Kenny Omega into arenas on his shoulder. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's reason number one, right? right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, as as we kind of wrap things up here, I just want to kind of go over because um, this is the first week and this is a preview. So let's go over what to expect kind of for night one or like the first okay. couple nights of the G one. Um, are you pitching to me? Yeah, we can yeah, go to you. Mike, you and then Ron, the match yeah. listing. Uh, I do. I closed it. Nope, there it is. Okay, so um, the New Japan Cup starts. First of all, if you want to watch the New Japan uh, not New Japan Cup, sorry, G1 Climax. If you want to watch it, go subscribe to New Japan World right now. It's easier than it's ever been. There's a PayPal function, so if you have... Uh, Google Chrome will automatically translate to English for you. You can go through PayPal, which redirects you to an English PayPal site. So it's super easy to figure out now. Yeah, it's very, um, very easy. And I actually dropped my Netflix for New Japan because it has because nice. it, it's not just the, the stuff coming on. It's they have their whole collection of stuff is just really good. Right. It's fun to go. I watched some lot. of the Hulk Hogan matches the other day. They've got on there. <laughs> I was just watching old Andre matches on, on New Japan, the, the, uh, the old precursor to the G1 Climax. Oh, yeah. The like the like MSG cup or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think there. My point is, I think there is enough content, not just oh, for absolutely. you know, just the shows going on now. But there's so Even much. If you in only archive. bought it for the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom, it's well worth oh, yeah. the subscription. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's so uh, night one, July seventeenth, this Monday. Um, it's actually sooner than I thought because it's it's technically Monday at two a.m. Eastern yes. time, so, so it's su- practically Sunday. Sunday. Uh, night one is uh, it's going to be the easiest to digest for some um, because it is the A block. It is 2 a.m. Eastern time is when it starts. The first four shows, so July 17th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd, are all at. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the first one is in. I don't remember where it's at, but the second, third, and fourth are at Cork and Hall. All four uh, of the first shows have English commentary. So if you're looking to ease your way into G1, you have no idea what's going on. You have no idea who these guys are. You will see two nights of each block's tournament matches with English commentary. Mike, uh, can you just can you can you uh, can you uh, bandage my uh, fear at the moment? Can you, you uh, help me relax a little and tell me is it is it Kevin Kelly? It is Kevin Kelly. Oh, thank God! Is Kevin oh, Kelly and Callis? I okay. just talked to Kevin. Uh, they are, they may be, once they get these shows done, um, they have to hang out for a little bit. So once they get these Cork and Hall shows done, they may be re-recording the G1 specials for New Japan World. Oh, that's great. Cause I, I, oh. JR needs to, to do taped. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. He, no, needs, what, he needs to be reminded of things. JR is very good at the taped shows. I've always thought JR and Josh Barnett were a good team. So for everyone crapping on them for the G1 specials, it's understandable, but it's JR. And And it's, yeah, and it's live. He's used to being able to say, let's take that again. Right, exactly. And, and yeah, it was, it didn't look good. It was bad, but, um, you know, it's Kevin Kelly will be there. So don't have to worry. Kevin Kelly, Don Callis will be doing the, uh, the first four nights of the G1. Uh, July 17th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. That'll get you two nights of each block uh, through the G1. So you'll have an opportunity to see each competitor in two tournament matches with English commentary that should sort of ease you into the tournament well enough to understand the rest of it. Uh, They will return for the A block finals, the B block finals, and the um, actual G1 finals later in August. Uh, So we're getting seven Seven English commentary shows, which is the most they've ever had. 
Um, Kevin is petitioning New Japan to do all 19 shows in 2018. Um, that is his goal. Wow. So hopefully next year we'll see the entire tournament in English. Um, Has- hashtag all 19. We'll get a movement started. We have a, we have a whole year. Well, real, we real quick, isn't it kind of pointing that way, kind of where New Japan is going, that it's eventually going to get to English commentary for a lot of things? That doesn't matter. We start the movement now and we capitalize on it. We can look like stars. <laughs> so uh, July 17th, Monday morning at 2 a.m. Eastern. That show is actually free. You do not need a subscription. Both in English and Japanese, that show will be broadcast free on New Japan World. You will need a subscription to see the second show on July 20th, I think. Um, so they're giving you a taste. You get the first. So that means so tournament matches. A block. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Oof. Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Oof. Yuji Nagata <laughs> in his last G1 before uh, tournament uh, versus Yoshihashi. Oof. Uh, Togi Makabe versus Bad Luck Fale. Oh, my oh. And Haruki Goto versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh. Going to die. This is uh, going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night of wrestling, just uh, all the way through. First night of the B Block, July 20th. English commentary starts a little bit later, 5.30 a.m. Eastern time, uh, which is going to start, you know, you're going to feel the grind. But that's where the rest of the tournament is for pretty much the entire tournament, is 5.30 Eastern time every single day. So, um you've got three days on 20th 21st 22nd then you've got i think a day off and then anyways uh b block night one minoru suzuki versus kenny omega Oof. you're not excited about that match you don't have a pulse yeah <laughs> sonata versus evil in a Oof. match in a match of the los ingobernables uh crew over whose job it is to truly console hiromu takahashi when he lost the title <laughs> It's evil. Evil is the caretaker. I just had a whole conversation for like three hours about the intricacies <laughs> of uh, of Lij and their members and how. Yeah, evil's uh, the caretaker. Sonata's the dad. Uh, Naito, they're, whole, they're a family. Naito is a hundred. So basically, Lij is Tumblr, and uh, <laughs> Uramo is the reverted uh, little in that situation where he's sort of reverted to his weird childlike state. Uh, that's why he surrounds himself with all these crazy anime characters. I thought he was just a human cat that liked punk music. Naito is the daddy <laughs> that puts up with him. Okay. Uh, Evil is the very strange caretaker. Okay. Uh, what just I, happened? I <laughs> I'm not going to go into this, but um, <laughs> anyways, July 20th, 5.30 a.m. Eastern, uh, Sonata Evil, Suzuki Omega, Kazuchika Okada versus Toriyama. Yeah, dude, that 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 was uh, definitely like, a, yeah, you want Okada, the best wrestler right now in New Japan? Yeah, we're going to put him against Yano and just Yano's have a fun, silly this little match. I love it. Uh, if, I love it. If, um... I don't even know how to compare it because there is not a single person in WWE that compares to Okada right now. But let's just say if if CM Punk at the height of his year long title reign decided to in a major event, let's say like SummerSlam, put the title on the line against Santino Morello. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, no, that's not fair because they were they weren't. I mean, these two guys are in a faction together. This is like if the Miz gave Bo Dallas a title shot, and everyone went, not "There's no way the Miz is going to win this." Kazuchika Okada, the Miz. <laughs> yes, come on, Bo Get Dallas out. already looks like Ghetto. Get out. 
Yes, you can't unsee it once you do. When, every time you watch now, look at Miz with Bo Dallas with the bandana and the beard over his shoulder. It's it's uh, Okada and Ghetto. Anyways, <laughs> Michael Elgin versus Tama Tonga. Great match. Tama Tonga is someone I really hope breaks out in singles matches this year. Um, I do love in his him and his brother as a tag team. I think they've come a long way. Um, I think they're beyond light years where they were a year ago at this time. Um, and so Tisha, Satoshi Kojima, thank you. The captain of bread versus Bread Juice Club. The greatest bread Twitter Club account on Juice New Robinson. Japan, by the way. The greatest sure. Twitter account. Bread Club. Uh, so that should be a good match. Robinson versus Kojima. Um, July 21st, A Block. I'm just going to run through the English commentary shows. Just uh, okay. So July 21st, um, A Block. We've got Naito versus Yoshihashi. Oof. You have one of the most interesting mass, uh, matches this entire tournament. Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, it's the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Oh, uh, Yuji wow. Nagata versus Haruki Goto. Oof. Togi Makabe versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh. <laughs> uh, they've had some good matches. Someone's, yeah. Someone's gonna... So Makabe, in his first two matches, has Ishii and Fale. Good and luck. Ishii in his first two matches has Goto and Makabe. Someone's gonna like, die. Those two guys are going to die. <laughs> and by the way, their third match is Makabe versus Goto. Oh my god. So <laughs> those three guys are just gonna be dead by the time well, this starts. You have to remember, Togi, Ma- Togi Makabe is not only fighting the G1 for himself, he's fighting it for Tamaki Honma as well, and so therefore he has to put up twice the fight. Right. Um, which I hear he's he's doing really well, so that's that's good. Um, where was I? Uh, Hiroshi, the the match of the night. Probably. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Fale. Yes. Uh, finally, B Block, July twenty second at Cork and Hall, five thirty Eastern English commentary. Kenny Omega versus Tama Tonga in Battle, Battle of gonna, the Bullet Club. That's going to be heartbreaking. Well, yeah. it's interesting. You said you want to see Tonga kind of break off from the double or in the tag team and he's actually taking on elgin and omega and i feel like those first two matches like right away could that b block's gonna be rough man yeah there's some of those guys are gonna have a rough because a lot of the people in this tournament usually have really good records so we'll see we'll see uh omega versus tamatanga i wouldn't be surprised if this is the spot where um where we see a surprise win there's always a couple of them in the tournament uh, there were some really big upsets last year, so it would not surprise me if we see Tamatanga go over. Um, we got Minoru Suzuki versus Sonata. Oof. <laughs> Evil versus Juice Robinson. Ooh. Okada versus Elgin. Oh, man. Yes, please. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's excited, very excited and for that match. Kojima versus Toru. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's... <laughs> Bread Club versus Toru Shrugiano. It's the greatest meme match ever. Um, the finals of the A Block will be on August 11th, featuring English commentary, also at 5.30 Eastern. We will have the final match of the A Block will be the two top stars in the A Block, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito, in a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion. Ugh. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Haruki Goto. Oof. To- Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Oh boy. Fale versus Nagata. 
Oh, man. And Makabe versus Yoshihashi. Wow. So my thoughts here are either Tanahashi or Naito will need to win to advance, or they want they go the same route as Tanahashi and Okada last year, Naito and Tanahashi draw, which sends Ibushi to the finals. I, I, don't, I think that works if Ibushi goes to the finals, but this is their rubber match. They've had two this year. One was Naito, one was Tanahashi. Now, I mean, they could draw it and drag it out to Wrestle Kingdom or to the destruction Well, the beauty of a draw is that neither can lose. Neither should lose right now. Tanahashi as the champion shouldn't lose. Naito as the guy who just lost the title but is still one of the top names in New Japan should not lose. So Yeah, but you've got you, you as as if you'll recall, I've got Naito winning the whole thing and so I don't see any that's harm. True. In that's if he true. wins if he wins the whole thing, it's a good loss for Tanahashi. Uh, I think Tanahashi can afford to lose to the guy that wins the entire G1 climax, but I agree if he's not going to win it, draw it. If and we'll get this is why the G1's fascinating. On that night, if Tanahashi and Naito draw and Abushi advances, of course, we're just totally fantasy booking because it could end up a completely different point spectrum. It's going to be Togi Makabe Robinson. <laughs> um, if those two draw, I think it's a very clear indication that Kenny is going to win. Um, yeah. So Ishii versus Zack Saber Jr. That's a rematch from the uh, the cup, or is no, this? from the from the U.S. title uh, tournament. Tournament, yeah. Fale versus Nagata, Makabe versus Ha Yoshiaji. All of those are gonna be fun. Uh, B Block Finals, August twelfth. Also English commentary. Also five thirty Eastern. Kazuchika Okada versus Minoru. Uh, sorry, my page just crashed. <laughs> it's so. okay. Before we get to this one, because I've got him in front of me, so I can I can finish it off here. Okay, I've got it. I, now that I'm seeing that Yuji Nagata's last match is against Bad Luck Fale, I wouldn't be surprised if they take him that uh, Jushin Thunder Liger route where he loses every match except to the absolute giant, and then he submits the giant for his last G1 yeah, final we'll match. I, like I said, like you said, it's fantasy booking, but I just it's in my gut right now. So anyway, we've got... We've got Okada uh, versus Omega. Yeah, I've got the, yep. the page back up. Okada okay. versus Omega in the fourth in the third match of their series. Oof. Um, Minoru Suzuki versus Toriyano. Oh, I'm so excited for that match. I'm <laughs> I so... would love it if, like, Suzuki's leading the pack, and if he wins against Toriyano, like, he's the obvious finalist. And then, like, Yano steals the victory and then gets murdered after the match. Yeah, I know. I want, I want Yano to win against Minoru Suzuki. I, I, want, I want Yano to beat Okada. I want Yano to beat Suzuki. Tamatango versus Sonata. Oof. Uh, match I'm very excited about. Michael Elgin versus Juice Robinson. That's going to be great. These two have worked together before, right? I know I've seen this match. Yes. I know I've seen this match. It was great. Elgin won, I believe. I'm but... not sure where, but maybe it was in the latter half of 2016. Yeah, it was so, either last year or early this year. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up. Um, and t- Tacos versus Evil. You mean uh, Bread Club versus Evil? Satoshi Kojima versus Evil. I've well, been using the word tacos for him for like five years. Oh, um, okay. That is, uh, for those who don't know, it's an older nickname given to him by Shinsuke Nakamura. It's a sort of derogatory nickname given to him by Nakamura. <laughs> okay. And uh, everyone just calls him tacos. Uh, okay. But, 
I'm, I co- I'm sorry. That's that's Yoshihashi, not Satoshi Kojima. My bad. Okay, so I was, he's not I was looking at I was looking at night. I was looking at the A Block Finals. I was gonna say uh, no, no, no. Satoshi Kojima versus Evil is the last match of the B Block. Yeah, I was gonna say don't badmouth the dear leader of my beloved Bread Club, <laughs> yeah, no, of which I am a a devout member. I was looking at Yoshihashi's name and reading Satoshi Kojima's name, and to, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think I have to say I think this was the perfect way to kind of like wrap up the podcast because every time you said a match, we heard Ross kind of having his own G one climax over there on the <laughs> other side. Like if there was oh, any Aaron, perfect to get him the one I'm, climax joke of the I'm podcast. I'm so glad it took us like a good hour and a half before we started laughing at the name climax. We have said it so many times tonight and I have wanted to talk about it. Man, you were you were talking about the climax and you were doing those things and you said finish him off at one point. I was like, man, this is too this is all just too much right now. Climax is evil. I remember there was one time I was watching, it was Shibata Okada and I remember just because tw- I was just you know, covering the match. And so I just tweeted out, oh, but, oh, uh, Shibata continues to ride Okada trying to, or continues to dominate Okada trying to ride him for the majority of the opening of this match. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> you won Climax Finals on August 13th at Super Bowl. <laughs> 2 a.m. start time with English commentary from Kevin Kelly and, G- and Don Callis. The tournament officially starts this Monday at 2 a.m., we will have all of your coverage on WrestleZone.com. There will be a primer this weekend with everything you need to know. If you have any questions, my name is Mike Killam. You can follow me at Mike Killam. I will be here for the next four weeks giving you 19 shows worth of live coverage at 5.30 in the morning. That was and a total I, pro move. I was going to say, okay, guys, wrap it up. Twitter handle, Mike already has it done. That was I perfect, was Ross. Say, go I'm, ahead. I'm at Ross W. Berman the fourth on Twitter. I will be watching most of the shows, if not all of them, as long as my schedule allows. I'll be giving out all of the stars uh, because Dave Meltzer broke his system, and so it's now fair game. And Your so system's way better. Triple-digit stars. There was will never probably... a five-star cap in that system. It was never said. And no, he, he broke it. It's broken. We are now in Dave Meltzer's broken universe, and I am probably going to give out a thousand star match at some point during yeah, the G1 I, climax. I actually think I love your Twitter reviews because you're like, "Oh, it's a really good match, seventeen and a half stars." Like, what? What? <laughs> yep. What is your barometer? Like, what? It you just... start. It starts at six, and it can only go up or down in any See, infinite. I way. think yours makes more sense than Meltzer's. I have to say, I I love the oh, Ross sure. Berman star system. I always I thought there needed to be a Rotten Tomatoes type. I have been a Meltzer fan since I was like eight years old, so I guess it's harder for me to. I love Meltzer. That's why it it, it hurt me that he had to break his system like that. I used to review shows all the time, and the weirdest thing is, like, whenever I do my, like, how I review a match is within like five percent margin of error of how he reviews matches. It's like the weirdest thing. So I just stopped at one point because I was like, just go read his reviews; they're better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, what I do on Twitter is the same thing. At Jay Jansen 34 all I'm going to do during the G1 Climax is just retweet Mike and Ross the entire time. <laughs> that is all I'm going to do because there's nothing I can add to it. Just as retweet this. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only thing I should be doing. As is, I'm really excited because this year, I don't know if you saw my last couple of shows, I learned how to live gift things. I saw that. I'm uh, I've been trying gifts. to figure that out. 
and I can't. I, I know the battle between GIF and JIF could have its own G1 climax, but um, <laughs> I I have an app on my MacBook now that lets me take live. And the beauty of uh, New Japan World, much like the network, is they let you rewind in live time, which a lot of like apps don't for wrestling these days. So uh, I have figured out how to capture amazing images for, and I will be putting them up throughout the G1. So uh, follow me at Mike Killam and at WrestleZone.com on Twitter. I probably won't be live tweeting because I don't know if I could tweet from my account, the WrestleZone account, and do live coverage at 5.30 in the freaking morning for 19 days. But, um, you know, I'll do what I can. I'm only human, guys. I believe in you, Mike. But, and John, where are you? You just said your Twitter, right? Yeah, at jjansen34. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to see on my timeline, <laughs> Mike Killam, Ross Berman, <laughs> the entire time. Uh, uh, I think We will be back next week. We're going to do this again next weekend. We will yep. have, um, by that point, actually, because there's a three-day gap in the tournament, we will have, uh, if we record on Saturday, we will have the first and the second and the third show under our belts, and possibly the fourth because it'll be Saturday early in the morning. So maybe we'll watch the first four shows with English commentary, go to sleep, wake up, record a podcast, drop it for you on Sunday, and that'll be a good intro to the first four days of the G1 Climax. But we will be doing this hopefully every weekend just to kind of figure out where we are, points, review some of the matches, tell you what you need to know, and uh, yeah, sorry, I sort of stepped on your toes. Yeah, there, no, but. you're good because no, you're, you're was, right. Okay. That was perfect. And some of the things Thanks. that you might miss throughout the week, you know, hopefully really we can job, recap guys. that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hopefully we can recap that for you. But yeah, WrestleZone.com. I don't think nobody does it better than Mike. And uh, with the podcast as well, every weekend, I think we have all the coverage you need for the New Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling and the G1 Climax. Follow along with me on WrestleZone and Twitter. It's going to be a good yeah. time. Make fun of me and the way that I look. People in comment sections are mean. Oh like, my, it doesn't bother me because I've been doing this do for that. seven yeah. years. But I swear to God, if someone calls me like a transsexual lesbian one more time, I'm gonna be like, eh, I'm just gonna get the sex change because at this point, <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like WrestleZone comment section canon. I have to say, yeah, I, I, I made yeah. that mistake. I think like the first month I was in, I was like, you I thought I was read, a transsexual. I never, lesbian. No, 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 no. When I started writing, I, like a month in, I was like, I never read the comments before. Like I want to hear what people say about me, and crushed me. The entire comment section, I'm like, never doing this again. This is a this is a dark hole that I don't want to be in. Nope, not going to do YouTube it. Better YouTube comments, I'll, I'll tell you I that. Think, oh, I yeah, think, uh, I, I guess. It's about the my same. Favorite, my favorite comment I ever got was that I plug Judaism more than the WWE plugs <laughs> the network. <laughs> That's a great way to end the podcast. Nothing else can be said after that. We'll, we'll see we'll, you guys Monday morning, G1, right and early, 2 in the morning. Yes, and we'll be back on the podcast next weekend. But for now, tune in to WrestleZone. But we'll see you guys next weekend.